Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'll be joined by Bob Lowry, and we're going to talk about dogs in your pool. Specifically, we're going to address some concerns you may have with your pool route if you have customers that have dogs that swim in the pool. And we'll go over some ways that you can actually make the pool easier to handle when you have dogs swimming in it. And many of you may not know that Bob Lowry also has a certified residential course. It's an online course you can take on a Saturday, and you can learn more about this particular course at pcti.online. Again, that's pcti.online. Pool Service Pro. Open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. So let's let's move to the, the last subject here. Let's talk about dogs and we'll also mention ducks in this one too but i want to just focus on the dogs at the beginning here because people love their dogs here i mean the pet industry is you know multi-billion dollar industry here just dog treats alone i heard this on the radio they make they sell two billion worth of dog treats every year just treats not food and so the pets are a really big part of the family i had a dog for 12 years and you know it passed away and it was like part of my family and i think dogs in the pool Pool professionals don't like it. I don't like dogs in the pool, but we deal with it. What are some issues that can arise with one dog, two dogs? I have one customer that has four dogs that use their pool on a regular basis. So I'm kind of familiar with the problems, but one of you, from a chemist's standpoint, what's the problem with dogs using the pool on a regular basis? Well, I think, well, there are some health issues. First of all, uh, dogs can actually carry... Uh, parasites and things like that that can live in the water and get into or onto a human. So it is possible that you could get ringworm, mites, fleas, uh, things like that uh, from your dog. And I know that every time I mention, I should probably preface it by saying I'm a dog person. I have two dogs and a cat. (laughs) And I've had dogs most of my life. So I'm a dog person, but I don't believe that dogs um, should be getting in the pool with humans. And I think that there is an opportunity for dogs to pick up things. You know, after all, they don't bathe like humans do. So they don't get rinsed off and take stuff off of their body. And they walk around literally barefoot, you know, and whatever's on their feet ends up in the pool. And they've been playing in the yard. They've been out pooping and peeing all over the yard and walking in it, and then they get in your pool. And then a lot of dogs have a lot of saliva, and they get in the pool when they're hot. And um, their fur and stuff can carry all kinds of things from from pollen and stuff like that to actual insects and 
and and microbes that get on them. So um, I was asked many, many years ago what I thought the chlorine demand was of a dog. I said back then that one dog is equal to between 25 and 50 people as far as contamination goes. And, and it was only that. And of course, the dog lovers rallied and said, how can that be? You know, my dog only weighs four pounds, you know. And, and I said, yeah, but you know, somebody asked me about an average and so on. And so I thought about a, you know, 40, 50 pound dog and, you know, how much contamination like a Labrador retriever would bring in or, you know, something like that. And I'm sure that some dogs are bigger and some dogs are smaller. Some dogs um, get bathed regularly or at least get in the pool uh, a couple of times a week, and maybe they don't have as much contamination on them as other dogs. But there are some dogs that, that get bathed every couple of weeks. And in the meantime, they go to the park, they go for a walk, they go playing and roll around. I mean, how many times have you seen your dog laying on his back, scratching his back in the grass? Well, who knows what's in that grass? And then he's brand, and then he's coming home and jumping in your pool. Um, from a contamination standpoint, a dog can jump in a pool and wipe out a chlorine residual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've seen it happen all the time on my route. It's really frustrating. Um, I, I'm probably not really political politically correct when I say this, but I always tell people, well, the dog doesn't wipe, you know. <laughs> they don't, you know. I mean, they they don't wipe themselves. They've got they've got things all over them. They lick themselves all over the place. So whatever in their saliva is all over their genitals and feet and everything else that they can lick. They got stuff stuck between their their claws on their paws and stuff like that. And who knows what's in there. We all love our dogs, and some people want their dogs to jump in the pool and have a big time. And and I'm okay with that, but understand that I think if I were a serviceman and I knew that people had dogs, I would charge them a different rate <clears throat> than I would other people. And maybe even ask them during midweek, if it was one call a week, to to dip a test strip in and write the results down for me so I could make sure that they're safe all week long. And you may have to charge them more because they're going to use more chlorine than uh, a a house that doesn't have dogs. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes the, you know, dogs will just about poop anywhere in the backyard and I've had gardeners blow the poop in the pool. I've had poop fall in the pool just by being right next to it. Older dogs seem to tend to poop in the, right around the pool for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because they drink out of it and they can't go anywhere. Um, so there's a lot of poop around the pool. And this gets in the pool. So what would be the procedure? I've had this asked me many times. And I know it's in the CPO book and, and things like that. When when uh, feces gets in the pool, what is the procedure there to get rid of it and to make it safe? It's probably the same if you get human feces or dog feces in the pool. Um, dogs can actually carry some diseases and, and, and parasites that people uh, can get that dogs can carry around. We need to make sure that we do that. And my suggestion would be, of course, to, to get the, the solid material out of the pool, recognizing that whatever you use to get it out of the pool, you'll have to disinfect later. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you need to make sure that if you're going to, and obviously you wouldn't want to use a vacuum because if you do, it will get all over your back head and, and all over the inside of your hose for your back. So mm -hmm. you don't want to just vacuum it up. You know, you may, you may of course need to use your, your, uh, your net uh, and net it out. Um, but then you're going to have to disinfect your net, which is not necessarily difficult to do. Usually you can spray it off with a hose and maybe slice a little chlorine on it and spray it off again, and it'll be fine. But you need to get that out of the pool. And then superchlorinate uh, to make sure that you get um, a good reading. And nobody should be in the pool when you do that. And I would say to raise the chlorine level up to eight to 10 parts per million. And probably for the remainder of the day, nobody goes in the pool. Probably um, with the CT values, what they are, I would say 10 to 12 hours of nobody in the pool with eight to 10 parts per million of chlorine in the pool and everything is gone. And the pool running, of course, the circulator. And the, the, yeah, with the circulation system on. Yeah, see, my rule is 24 hours. I run the pool usually, and I make sure I bring in the 10 parts per million. I tell people not to go in there for a, a two days. That's, that's kind of my rule. I'm kind of a little bit more cautious, but um, it happens a lot where the dog, you know, the waste will get in there. And then another problem in my area, and, you know, I've had customers that are actually feeding the ducks in the backyard, and I tell them, don't do that because it's, you know, a pretty terrible situation. But we have a lot of ducks in our area, and... In my experience, within a day or two of ducks using, and they're usually in pairs, they come together, right. two ducks. Um, I don't even know if they mate for life. They probably do, but there's always two ducks. And so they'll come to the pool, and within a day, that pool can go from pretty much crystal clear blue to almost like a pond. Yes. And so what's the danger with ducks using the pool besides the fact that it just fouls it up to that point? Well, <clears throat> one of the dangers is that, that many fowls uh, carry salmonella, and salmonella causes a diarrhea and gastrointestinal problems in humans. Getting that in the pool is a, is a major problem, and of course, uh, dogs and stuff are, are a little more susceptible to salmonella than people, and so um, they can end up having diarrhea and stuff too, but you know, ducks are a problem in certain areas, and um, there's various ways to get rid of them, but uh, some people have tried some, you know, floats that look like alligators and, and uh, you know, making sure they have a Labrador retriever around and, you know, <laughs> you know making sure the dogs aren't there. But, you know, some people have just had to put a screen around their pool. I've heard that some ducks end up then sitting on top of the on top of the screen and pooping in the pool anyway. But um, so and then it and then it rains and all the stuff that's on the screen drops into the pool. But down in Florida, they build a lot of pools with with uh, screen enclosures. Mm -hmm. um, mostly that's for keeping the mosquitoes out um, because they have such a, a problem with mosquitoes down there. But so a pool with a duck swimming in it is pretty much unsafe. You have to bring the chlorine level up. It, you treat it like a like a pool that has dog waste in it. Yeah, I think probably I would. Um, I don't know that there's been any studies and any protocols that have been issued about about ducks in pools. And 
probably the biggest concern again are are parasites and mm-hmm. and uh, salmonella. Yeah, uh, many um, ducks, dogs have parasites, and they live with them because you know, especially in the wild, they don't get any medicine. So if they ever get a parasite, it lives with them forever. I don't think I've mentioned I've asked anyone this question, but we follow a protocol when there's a rodent that falls in there and birds, things like that. We get a lot of lizards that fall in pools and things. I mean, what what level is is a cutoff as far as like an animal being dead in the pool to where you have to superchlorinate? And because to me, I don't think a lizard would be that level, but I don't well, know. I think part of it has to do with the length of time before you remove it, mm-hmm. um, because we're talking about decomposition and and then opening up the inside. You know, if the lizard is just dead and he's still pretty well intact, uh, you know, throw him away and, and you know, keep a recommended chlorine level. It's probably not a problem. Yeah. But if it's been long enough where he's starting to decompose, then that's a whole other game. And uh, you may need to, if, you, if it happens frequently, you may need to just keep a higher level of chlorine. But, yeah. you know, I know that a lot of your... Your listeners keep a level of chlorine that's between two and four parts per million of chlorine, and they think that that's okay. And for the most part, it is. My recommendation is to keep a chlorine level that's a percentage of the cyanuric acid level and or use it with borate in the pool. And I know, again, that a lot of your listeners have only, some of them have heard of borates and a lot of them never have heard of borate at all. I think borate is a great chemical to put in a pool and you put it in at 50 parts per million and that's it. You don't need to check it weekly or anything. You put it in, you only need to to add more when you've lost a significant amount of water because it doesn't decompose or anything. But it prevents algae. It's not an algicide, but it prevents algae and it keeps the pH from going up so high. So it's a good chemical to add. A lot of service techs are finding that it's much easier to keep pools with borate in the water. And it's also and I, safe for dogs to, to swim in the pool. And it's board. safe for dogs and everybody else. It's not a problem. It does not. The biggest thing about safety, people have said, well, I've heard it's bad for dogs. Well, yes, because somebody interpreted the information in such a manner that they said it's a bad thing for dogs. And it's not a bad thing for dogs. Dogs would have to drink six gallons of pool water to have a product problem with borate. And that six gallons would be need to be repeated every day and before they peed. So they would have to drink six gallons and retain it because it doesn't bioaccumulate. It's urinated out. And even humans would have to drink 24 gallons of pool water without urinating to have a problem with 50 parts per million of borate in the water. So it's not a problem. And I, I should tell you that I, my husky, you know, I don't, she wasn't really smart, I guess, but I leave water out for her to drink. But she would always drink out of the pool. I had a saltwater pool and borates. And for 12 years, she drank out of the pool, basically. And she, she died a natural death, you know, her, her age. Yeah. And um, so I think um, for a pool with dogs in it, I think Boris would be a good insurance for, for the pool tech out there to add it. That's what I do on my route whenever I have people with dogs in there. I'll just bring the Boris level up to 30 to 50 parts per million. 
and it really well, helps. 30, 30 doesn't really do very much. Yeah. So 50 is what you're uh, looking for, 50 right? Is, 50 is the right level. And if you've got a chlorine generator, we have actually found that 60 to 70 parts per million of borate in the water is better than 50. So we found that to be true. And I have a lot of service techs when we give our classes, they, they pass along information. Guy told me one time, he said, I've got 120 pools, the buddy of mine and I do it together. And he said, almost 100 of them have chlorine generators on it. And we put in 70 parts per million of borate. We found it works better. And he said, it works so good that I found out that a chlorine generator stopped working the day after I, I visited this house. And I didn't come back for six days in the summer. And because the boring was in there, there was no algae growing with yeah. no chlorine in that pool for almost a week. There was no chlorine, no algae growing in the pool. So, yeah, I really appreciate the time on these recordings. And I think um, it really helps the pool pro who is either starting out or maybe not seeking the knowledge to hear this. He's going to be out there seeking more knowledge because like we mentioned in the other podcast, you know, when are you ready for a commercial pool? When you have that knowledge of chemistry, you're pretty much ready for any pool. And I think one failure out there is that you don't get the knowledge to, to deal with a small problem, and that becomes a big problem. And yeah. you create problems for yourself by not being educated. It would just be like me trying to do more than just change the oil on my truck, which I've done. I've done the oil, I've done the um, starter, and I've done the battery. But if I were to try to put a transmission in or try to change the belt yeah. or something, I couldn't do it without the knowledge, right? Right. So just because I can fix my car and tinker with it, a lot of guys that are tinkering with pools, I would say. And so they need the knowledge to really fully understand everything. And then when something comes up, they can handle it. Yeah. I, I believe that. And one of the things that I've done to, to try to, to get people to understand their pool better is to go from using ranges to using targets. Mm-hmm. And it's a simple thing to change over to do, and it makes life easier for you. Because if you have a range that says the pH in your pool should be a minimum of 7.2, an ideal level of 7.4 to 7.6, and a maximum of 7.8, what happens when you measure the pool and you get a pH of 7.3? Mm-hmm. You know, is that okay? Is it not okay? What is that? You know, and it's a problem. Yeah. And and so what I did was I made targets for everything that's just one number. And so the target for pH is 7.5. And then if you know, if you see, get a pH of 7.3, you know what to do automatically. And it's the same for alkalinity and cyanuric acid and calcium artists and everything. We give you one number and you use that number as your target. And then when you go to the pool and you make your test, you automatically know what needs to be done. And that's the one of the biggest things that helps people is I know what to do. And if you've got a range, the the thought that goes through your head is as long as I'm between the lowest and the highest, I'm okay. Yeah. I think a good analogy would be if you go in the bank and you tell them, um, I'd like to take $200 out and they say, well, we'll give you a 180. It's kind of close to 200. You wouldn't be okay with that, would you? Yeah, that's right. You know, and so um, we want we want your pool to be seven five, and if it's very far away from that, we want you to change it. 
It's really yeah. complicated to begin with because you have to deal with all these different test factors. And then when you're learning, and if you're old school like me, and you have these ranges, and they never match up anywhere, you know, you always no. see different and, ranges. And you everywhere. can be within the we can be within the range and still have a problem. Yeah. So we look at 7.5. We look at 90 for alkalinity. We look at 50 for cyanuric acid, 50 for borate. TDS is whatever it is, but as long as it's not more than about 1,500 over whatever you started with, um, unless you have a, a salt generator, and then it's 1,500 plus what you started with plus the salt you need. It just makes life easier having those targets because it, you automatically know if you're on target or not, and if it's low, you know what to do. So yeah. it makes it easier to, to work on it that way. And I think if anyone hasn't taken your course, and if they like these podcast series that we record, I think this is the fourth one now, if they like the information here, this is a small taste of what they get in the course. And I think if they take the course, they're gonna their knowledge level is going to – the guys in my group that have taken it, several of them have gone through recently, they say that the knowledge level is astronomical to what they've – when they walked in to class, when they get out. And it's an online course, by the way, too, so you don't have to go anywhere. You can do it from your home. So I think there's really nothing stopping anyone from doing it except the fact that they just have to get there and register it and register and get and take the course, you know. And there is some there's a lot of free information on the PCTI website. Yeah. And I'm going to be releasing two or three more uh, tech bulletins in the next 30 days. And that's going to make it near 20 tech bulletins on there that are free for you to look at or to download as a PDF and mm -hmm. put them in a book or save them and show them to your to your customers or whatever. It's it's great information. Yeah. Well, again, I appreciate your time here, and um, definitely it's going to help a lot of people with the information here. Well, I hope so. That's what I've spent most of my career doing is passing along complex technical information and making it understandable to regular guys. So I think the bottom line, if you have dogs on your route that like to go into the pool, you need to educate your customer on some of the cautions and dangers of that, and also some of the things that's going to happen to the pool as far as cloudy water, the inability for it to hold chlorine, and all those things that they'll run into with dogs in the pool. I don't think you want the customer to think that the pool looks bad because it's something that you're not doing. Just explain to them that a dog really messes up the chemistry in the pool and causes all kinds of problems so that they're aware of it before you kind of get into trouble with them blaming you for things that are out of your control when you're taking care of a pool with dogs in it for sure. And if you're looking for the other episodes that I recorded with Bob Lowry, you can definitely find those from my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. If you click on the banner, you're going to see a podcast icon. Click on that, and then a drop-down menu will appear with all the other episodes that I recorded with Bob and, of course, my other podcast episodes. With 600 episodes, you can definitely find something to listen to during that moment when you need something. I cover just about every subject out there on these podcasts. And if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, definitely check out my coaching program at PoolGuyCoaching.com. Again, that's PoolGuyCoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.